Uh, this morning, I'm talking quickly on uh, communicating or um, on trauma. Uh, last year, for a few uh, or a few years ago, uh, Pastor Jose Smith he had taught on it to the pastors and their wives, and we were in there. And I remember there was about a dozen of these little boxes, and in these boxes, he's telling us um, that. What happens is that he takes us to different schools. And um, what he does is he uses it for teaching teachers in the public school system. So teachers could recognize, they can look at their students and know why they're fidgeting or doing different things and why they're um, traumatized. So at that point, I was traumatized. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He said, if you have four, I think it was four to six of these going on in your life, he said, it means you're traumatized. Uh, when you were a child or things have happened to you. And I remember I was sitting there and I went, wow. I started looking at the pastor's wives that he was talking to. I know their childhood. I know things that they've told me that personally have happened to them, and it's left my mouth open. And I'm just sitting there going, oh, my God. To tell you the truth, having five brothers is very traumatizing. <laughs> and I had five brothers and no sisters. So that within itself, I deserve a trophy. Um, but as we left, that trauma kind of like stood with me. And not just that, but a lot of things that I've seen, a lot of things that I've heard. So I chose today to speak about it. Um, as I looked into those eyes of the pastor's wives, I saw a lot of trauma. In the Old Testament, miracles were scarce but in our dispensation, because Jesus Christ came and he died for us, it opened up a whole new dispensation. We are alive to let others know about Jesus and what he can actually do in your life. In Third uh, John, number two, it says, I pray, I pray, in 3 John, the second chapter, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. When I first got saved, there was, uh, you probably don't know him, but this minister, Reverend Ike, everybody used to talk about him and laugh at him at work and all kinds of things, but that's not just talking about wealth, but it's talking about you and I being everything that God means us to me to be. Um, some men and women in the military have come back sev 
severely tormented by PTSD, post-trauma stress disorder. I had eight uncles that were at World War II, and I had a brother and three cousins. Sergio just missed the draft, or he would have gone too. And my older brother, Aya, I used to make fun of him and tell him, you are a crazy nut because he volunteered to be a paratrooper. And in Vietnam at that time, they said lifespan was 15 minutes. The moment that a man stepped down, 15 minutes, that's all he had to be alive. And being a paratrooper was even worse. And I was, Augie, why are you a paratrooper? But all that, um, one of my cousins suffers from it severely. I don't say that to him, but you could tell that uh, he suffers from PTSD. So some men and women are uh, severely tormented, and most addictive behavior has come from some kind of trauma attached to it. Trauma events may trigger some people who have been traumatized. Some examples of trauma is, listen to all of this, flashbacks, nightmares, emotional numbness, depression, anxiety, irritability, chronic nerve pain, insomnia, uh, addiction, over-medicated. I want to tell you something. Both my mom and dad died when they were 41. And I remember I went to the doctors for something. He says, oh, you, uh, how, how old were your parents when they died? And I said, 74. And he says, and how old are you? And I was 70 at that time. He says, ah, oh, you have a good four years. <laughs> and I was, what? So I made up my mind. I, I, one medication I have to take for high blood pressure, but I said, other than that, no. Even that one, I'm constantly yelling at my doctor, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take it. Because they want to over-medicate you. Suicide, inability to focus, isolation, bipolar, some dementia, schizophrenia, uh, panic attacks, and homeless. That's where all our men are because they went into the service. I'm not coming against going into the service, but the answer to all of this is Jesus Christ. You know, I one time, just one time, um, Chris and Belinda and I were going into the jails till COVID hit. But, uh, and we went in there for years. But the one time that I went with Amelia and, and um, there was quite a few of us and Ramona and also Richard Nemal, the Padilla and a few of us and they just came to me with big smile and we're going to go in and we're going to put on this program and they're all excited about it. And I said, okay, I'll go in once. I went in and I said, 
how do you guys do it? How do you do it? We go once a month into the uh, jails, but it wasn't the same. Because I'm watching these teenagers, and when I was a teenager, it was the worst time of my life. And I remember everything that happened, but that's when my dad left. I was 13, I think Sergio was eight. Um, somebody had told me that he, you know, cried severely because he was my father's favorite out of five boys and one girl. You'd think I'd be the favorite, but I wasn't. I don't know why, but they chose him. <laughs> but you know what? Jesus cares about our soul. And I'm going to hurry through this. But there's one thing that we see all over the uh, Old Testament, and it's shalom. And shalom means peace. What? Shalom. What, what is it there for? Peace from what? Peace from a spirit of unworthiness, suicide, peace from murder, peace from rage, peace from death, peace from depression, peace from oppression, peace from insanity, peace from mental illness, peace from lust. Peace from bipolar. There's no such thing as, oh, gee, well, well, I'm just bipolar, and I'm going to get to that. Peace from perversion. Peace from lies. I know I'm going to make quite a few of you mad, but it's true. I'm going to explain. Pre peace from torment. Brokenheartedness. Bitterness. Peace from despair, peace from rejection, peace from unforgiveness, because you won't forgive. You know, one thing that happened, I don't like to mention it, but my mother-in-law, uh, um, before she died, she cried for three months for my father-in-law. Um, they weren't living together, and they had been divorced about 10 years, I think, something like that. And she couldn't stand him. You know, he was nice to her, but she just couldn't stand him. I love my mother-in-law. She lived with us for 40 years, and my father-in-law, I think he lived with us for 30. But she'd be in one end of the house, and he'd be at the other, and they did not get along at all. Just ask my children. <laughs> but anyway, um, I believe it was, she didn't have a chance to tell them, I'm sorry. And I felt more sorrow for her than I did for him. Hopelessness, abandonment, loneliness, all these things are trauma and they bring trauma into our life. I think Sergio did take some of my notes. Uh, to be disintegrated, the only way to be integrated is when Jesus becomes the center of your life. That's what centers you. And you know, um, men talk less than women. 
So we're like chatterboxes, and I feel, and, and I feel, and right now I'm feeling, and, and feeling, and feeling. And then we wonder how, how come a few years after our marriage, he's sick of us. He's like, there she is, there she goes again. Well, because they feel things too. They're just a little bit quieter about, and not all women you know, do that. But I did. I was always, I feel and I feel and I expected him to be God, to fulfill every little whim that I had. Well, he's not God. He's not going to fulfill those whims, but God will. He will. He's my hero. Psalms 34, 18 says, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contrite heart. Are you broken right now? Were you broken? Are you going to be broken? Jesus is the one we go to. Isaiah 61, 7. Listen to what the Spirit of the Lord said. The Spirit of the Lord, God, is upon me, <clears throat> Isaiah said. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He, God, has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Listen to that. To proclaim liberty over the captives. He came for that. And the opening of the prisons to those that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Are you mourning today? God's going to comfort you. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. He has given me beauty for ashes I mean, things will happen, stuff will come that I didn't even ask him for. And I'm standing there going, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Where did this come from? The oil of joy, joy for mourning. That's what he's given us. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness. You know, um, Carolyn Leaf, I believe she's a brain surgeon uh -um, and from Australia. And you can get her books. You can go and get them. But she says that in our brain, that when we get mad or we're upset or whatever, it turns into like mud. But when we're not... She says, we look like a beautiful tree. Is that not biblical? She ended up accepting Christ, I think. That they may be called trees of righteousness. Sometimes we don't even know what our face looks like. I mean, you know, instead of putting on a happy face, sometimes I just tell myself at the worst times, Nancy, just smile. Just smile. Forget you're hurting. That's life. We all hurt. 
everybody hurts. <laughs> the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And just like we've heard over and over again, that just worry about glorifying God, not yourself. Because we are just human beings being used. I tell you what, girls, everything you want to say to whatever is happening at that time, your bills, your husband, your whatever's, in-laws, just do this. Punch the devil. Punch him. I've never been in a fight. I've had girls chasing me, but wanting to fight me. But I just shut my mouth and said, told myself, I don't fight. <laughs> but that's what we need to do. We need to fight the devil. Right now, those of you that are going through things, just come up. We come, come up and let us pray for you because everyone goes through things. If right now is a bad time for you, let's do that real quick because um, we have another speaker, and I want to hear her. So come on up. Whatever it is that's bothering any of you, whatever it is, God already has the answer. He's on the other side, and he wants to give you what you want, whether it's an illness, whether it's anything. Let's just pray. And those that are seated, please pray with me. Speak in tongues. We're going to have word of God. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. There's some of you right now, you're suicidal. Father, I speak to that spirit of death and command it to leave in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Illnesses leave in the name of Jesus. Spirit of bipolar leave in the name of jesus hallelujah thank you lord thank you lord praise you lord rando rama rando da rando thank you lord thank you lord as we walk out these doors lord god we're putting our trust in you thank you lord in Jesus' name we pray. Did anybody feel a touch from God? Did anybody feel? Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You can go back to your seats now. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. I'm happy to be here. By the way, my name's Nancy Salazar. <laughs> and I am going to invite Teresa now. Thank you.
Thank you, everybody. Um, it's just a privilege to be here with you all this morning. You know, um, about a week and a half or two, Sister Nancy asked me, I want you, I'm going to be teaching on trauma, and I want you to share from your heart things that you experienced in regards to trauma in my life. And I had to really pray and ask God, what is it that you want me to share with the women this morning? Because there was so much trauma that I experienced as a child, and I had to pick and choose what God wanted me to share. So I pray that God blesses you and speaks to your heart this morning. You know, there was so much trauma in my life as a child. Um, I feel that I inherited trauma from my mother because she was so traumatized. She was in a very abusive relationship. And my father and her were married for 17 years. He physically abused her, mentally abused her, and emotionally abused her, all while my brother and I were in the home. I recall a time when I was five it was very, very traumatic for me, and I can still remember until this day that they started to have a huge argument, and it was always physical. He grabbed her by the hair, he threw her on the ground, and she fell and hit her head. Now, I'm five years old, and he stormed out of the house. He had an alcoholic problem, always drinking, and I'm on the floor crying, Mommy, Mommy, get up, get up, are you okay? And I see her eyes going up, and she's holding her head, and I was so traumatized. I remember weeping and weeping and sitting there saying, Mommy, Mommy, get up, get up. I didn't know what to do. And this was commonplace in my home. It was commonplace for us to be at the dinner table and them to start arguing. And I was so traumatized because the table with all the food would literally get flipped over. Food on the walls, food on the floor, food on me, food on my brother. And there my dad went again, storming out. My mom would have to kneel down and pick up the food, crying. There were so many traumatic events that I remember, and it was so difficult for me to bear. I began to get so emotionally distressed. I remember uh, my dad being upset with my mom, pushing her into our swimming pool, and she couldn't swim. And I had to jump in and save her and pull her out of the pool. I remember crying and crying and crying. And because I was holding so much internally, I began to externally do things that really affected me. I started to bite the outside of my bottom lip because I would get so nervous when he would come home for fear that there was going to be a huge explosion. When they argued in the middle of the night, my brother and I would wake up and it was so traumatic, we would bang and bang and bang on their door. Let us in, let us in. And things would be flying, and they'd be arguing. I could hear slaps. And we would bang, bang, let us in. Mommy and Daddy, please, please. And I remember crying and crying. Had to get my brother into the corner, and he'd just be crying and crying. And I, maybe at that time I was about eight. 
and I would console him. It's okay. Let's just think about the beach. Let's just think about the beach. And I wanted to lose myself there. There was so much trauma that I started to kind of pull out hairs sometimes, just when I would run my hands through my head, just pull out hair because I wanted out. I wanted to run and I couldn't because I know that if I said anything, I would have got my face slapped. I would have got spanked with the belt. I couldn't do anything and it hurt me tremendously. I remember my mom and I coming from the um, grocery store and I tried to have a bit of hope and happiness and just get a little glimpse of those times when we were actually able to just have a little bit of happiness when my dad wasn't drunk. We came home from the grocery store. I can remember it like it was day. My mom opens up the sliding glass door to the backyard and lo and behold, my dad is in the jacuzzi with my brother's Nina. And my mom exploded. And I'm sitting there, and there I went, starting to bite the bottom of my lip again. Bite, bite, bite. It's my way of escape. Bite, 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 to a point where it gets so red. And of course, World War II broke out after that again. It was so horrendous for me. All these different experiences of trauma in my life. And as I got to be a teenager, I became very angry and upset. And like Sister Nancy explained about addictions, I remember a friend giving me a um, little mini can of liquor. And I would hide it under my bed and I would start to drink it. No one knew. I would start to drink it because I wanted to just grow numb to all of the trauma that was taking place in my home. Uh, I remember when they would start to argue, my only way of trying to contact somebody that could actually help was my grandparents. And so there was this one incident we, we had an upstairs, downstairs. I would run upstairs to try to call her, and my dad pulled the phone jack out of the wall. So my trauma was every day before going to bed, what would I do? I would check the phone jacks to make sure they were in the phone, um, in the wall. Every night when everybody was about to go to bed, my mom and dad didn't know this, it was because I felt, who is going to help me? One day I'm going to wake up and they're going to kill themselves. And I literally thought that. I literally thought that one day I was going to wake up to either both of them being dead or my mom being dead, or my brother being dead, and I didn't grow up with God in my life. I knew that there was a God, and I remember praying and asking God, please, God, please, don't let me wake up to one of them being dead in the house. And there's so much more that I could share, but those traumatic events were so hard for me. I began to be depressed. I began to be oppressed. There were things in my heart. It shaped me. Trauma shaped me. Trauma started to define who I was, and I know that it wasn't what God wanted for me. And so when I walked through these doors in church, I was hurting. 
I was a mess and I really didn't know how am I going to change? I, how am I going to change my mindsets? How am I going to change my thinking of men? Because I looked at men a certain way because that's all I saw in my home. How am I going to change all these inadequacies? I had so much fear. I had um, a low self-esteem, just so many things. And I remember giving my life to Jesus. And when I gave my life to Jesus, he forgave me of my sins. But he, it, it wasn't like the trauma at that time completely disappeared. It was a process. And I remember asking God, God, I don't want to be like this. I don't want all this mess, this junk, these hurts, these pains, these wounds, because they were deep. They were so deep that I wanted to break out, you know? And I remember God just telling me, being at places like this, women's bread breakings and having an amazing pastor's wife, you know? And um, I thank God for Sister Nancy. I wouldn't be where, who I am today if it wasn't for Sister Nancy. And I remember God telling me, Teresa, just stay on the straight and narrow. I'm with you. I'm going to root out this one step at a time, one day at a time. Stay close to me. And because I didn't have that relationship with my father, it was very difficult for me to understand what it was like to have a father-daughter relationship with Father God. I understood Jesus, my Savior, but it was very hard to have that relationship with Father God. And so year after year, day after day, spending time in the presence of God, God was able to become my daddy. God was able to go in deep and root out those bad traumas and experiences. And I just want to say that if you're a church kid here today, consider yourself blessed because your parents have sacrificed so much so that you don't have to go through what we've gone through. And that's my share today. I hope that it touches somebody and lets you know that there's hope in Jesus. And no matter what you've gone through, he will help you overcome. Thank you so much, Teresa. I know it'd have to be hard to stand up and say those kind of things. Is there anybody here that has any questions for Teresa or myself? Anybody? Am I missing somebody? Oh, way back there. Testing. My question is for Sister Teresa. Okay. Um, what happened after with your parents? Did they ever come to know Jesus? Actually, um, they did get a divorce after 17 years, but it was my mother 
that gave her life to Jesus and she's actually the one that started to come to New Harvest and she brought me in. And then she moved out of the city over to Ventura and so that's why I'm here today. Yes. You know, I know with a story like that, you feel like, you know, you want happy endings. Well, sometimes there are happy endings, and sometimes there's not. Same thing with my parents. Uh, I was about two when I saw two or three. Uh, I told my mom the house, and she remembered of seeing my dad hit my mom, but he stopped. Uh, but he would beat my brothers. And um, so, you know, that was more traumatic. My older brother, uh, he didn't, I, I mean, he would spank me, but not like he did the older brother. Okay, any questions? No? Okay. Um, I remember one time going to the doctor and thinking, how come my mom didn't get saved? How? How come my dad didn't? How come they didn't come together? Uh, you know, they each came and accepted the Lord, thank God. But they didn't, you know, it's not the happy Ozziet and Harry, uh, you know, a deal. And this is life. It's really life because it's the same way in the Bible. And God gives us a lot of different illustrations so that we could say, okay, you know, my parents ended up splitting up, but you know what? I didn't. Thank God. <laughs>